This is the Morning Press, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or so of news for today, January 15th, 2024. Iowans will gather tonight to vote in the nation's first official contest to determine the Republican nominee for president. Former President Donald Trump is expected to win a near majority of the votes, while Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis battle it out for second place. The bitter cold temperatures and the fact that the national race seems all but decided in Trump's favor already will likely suppress turnout. Voting begins at 8 p.m. Eastern, with results expected to be announced within an hour or two. Taiwan's incumbent Democratic Progressive Party won the presidency in elections over the weekend, thwarting efforts by China to get the more China-friendly Kuomintang Party back in charge of the executive. Lai Ching-tai has been Taiwan's vice president since 2020 and will ascend to the presidency in May. He will oversee a divided government, as his DPP won one fewer seats than rival KMT in parliament. Neither party secured a majority, however, with eight seats going to the Taiwan People's Party, meaning that the TPP will play an important role in determining the success of the new president's agenda, or KMT's ability to block it. China has already moved to punish Taiwan for what it views as a negative outcome, convincing the tiny Pacific Island nation of Nauru to sever diplomatic ties with Taiwan in favor of a resumption of relations with mainland China. This leaves Taiwan with formal diplomatic relations with just a dozen countries. The DPP hopes to maintain the delicate and somewhat contradictory balance of continuing to assert the sovereignty of its people and Taiwanese independence from China on the world stage without pushing into heightened conflict with Beijing, which views the island as part of its own territory, though operating with its own internal politics. In even briefer news, the 75th Primetime Emmy Awards take place tonight in Los Angeles, the ceremony airing on Fox four months after originally planned due to labor strikes in Hollywood that lasted into the fall. Madison Marsh, a 22-years-old U.S. Air Force fighter pilot and Miss Colorado, was crowned Miss America on Sunday. And anti-poverty group Oxfam International released a report ahead of the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos that the world's five richest men more than doubled their wealth since 2020, at the same time that five billion of the world's people grew poorer, and that the world will crown its first trillionaire at some point in the next ten years. On this day in history, January 15, 1929, American civil rights icon Martin Luther King Jr. was born in Atlanta, Georgia. In 2009, Captain Sully Sullenberger piloted U.S. Airways Flight 1549 to a water landing in the Hudson River after power to both of the plane's engines was lost following a run-in with a flock of Canada geese. And in 1967, in the first ever Super Bowl, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 35-10 at Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, an event broadcast by both NBC and CBS television networks, the only time the Super Bowl was simulcast on multiple networks, a fact that will no longer hold true after the 2024 Super Bowl, which will air on both CBS and Nickelodeon. Now, here's a look at the weather. The Iowa Republican presidential caucuses are tonight, as mentioned earlier, officially kicking off the nomination process for the 2024 presidential election. 
The weather there is going to be unpleasant. It will be negative 6 degrees at 7 p.m. when the voting begins, with a northwesterly wind of 14 miles per hour, making it feel like it's 28 degrees below. The feels-like temperature is a curious insistence by the meteorologists. Feels like to whom? According to what? Based on the physiological, psycho-emotive response after a full trip around the block with the dog, with space-age Gore-Tex gear covering every inch of skin, or with a pair of loose flannel pants flapping about your bare ankles as you tiptoe in a pair of sandals you keep by the door out to the sidewalk for the paper. If it's 35 but it feels like it's 15, does the shallow puddle next to your car freeze over empathetically in solidarity with how things feel? The feels-like temperature is as useful a way to understand the weather as the Iowa Republican caucus results have historically been a way to understand the winner of the election in November. But maybe now, in the age of all politics is national, somehow less interesting than ever. In the history of the Iowa caucuses, Iowans have chosen the eventual president as the winner only twice, George W. Bush in 2000 and Barack Obama in 2008. While true that Jimmy Carter got more votes than any other individual he was up against in 1976, he trailed the formidable, uncommitted vote by 10 points. The rest of the list of Iowa caucus winners since the format's debut in 1972 is a murderer's row of wannabes in American politics. Cruz, Clinton, Romney, Huckabee, Kerry, Gore, Dole, Harkin, Gephardt, Mondale, all Iowa winners and all national losers. Iowa has two metro areas in the top 100 largest in the United States, Des Moines at 81, and in the southwest corner of the state, its suburban proximity to thriving Omaha, Nebraska, lands it as part of the 56th largest metro in the country. Three million people live in the state. Some 200,000 of them might participate tonight if turnout in the bitter cold is surprisingly robust. Approaching half of those that show up will say that Donald Trump should be the next president of the United States, and Trump and everyone else who is not Ron DeSantis will declare the night a tremendous victory. This result will be roughly reflective of the national mood. Donald Trump is the expected choice of a majority of Republicans. And so what it feels like in Iowa is a useful proxy for the overall race but in a way that makes the first-in-the-nation status they so jealously protect less meaningful than ever. Iowa's consistent inability to predict the eventual winner makes sense. As the answer to the question, what if Arkansas but way whiter, Iowa is not at all demographically representative of the United States. And so one would not expect it to vote like the rest of the country. It should have its own parochial interests and concerns, and that fact has been reflected in its out-of-step caucus selections through the years. But the rise of a politics that is all consumed with a culture war that plays out nationally on cable television and the internet means that the conversations being had at the preferred breakfast spot in tiny Fairfield, Iowa, are precisely the same as the ones being had in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and Fairbanks, Alaska. Namely, that everything is going to hell, except for right here, where things are right and true, in what feels like real America.
The conventional wisdom used to be that all politics is local, that political power came from the ground up, that real influence was truly wielded by the politician who knew which hands to grease at the VFW hall or high school basketball game, that the individual voter could be swayed with an appeal to his narrow self-interest by a politician that knew his parents. But the demise of local media and the identitarian and ideological sort of the parties has resulted in a national politics that bestows its character on those that participate in it, rather than the other way around. What does it feel like in Iowa? Exactly how it feels everywhere else, making the first in the nation caucus as vestigial as the rubber stamp that is the Electoral College. What was special and decidedly non-nationally predictive about it has been smoothed over by the same forces that allowed Donald Trump, an F-8 weirdo real estate scion from New York City who decided a long time ago that he wanted to be more famous than rich, to become the tribune of real America. What it really feels like in Iowa is what it feels like everywhere else. And it has reduced this once interesting and meaningful expression of unique American political will to something far dumber. A chance to be first to declare that Iowa wants more or less what everyone else wants. A politics of negative partisanship and constant culture war. An existential battle for one true victim status. The ultimate expression of what things feel like there, here, and everywhere. That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to brainironpodcast at gmail.com. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at brainiron.substack.com, where, if you would like to support this and the other podcasting and blogging endeavors of the brainiron.com media empire, you can also become a paying subscriber. If you can think of anyone else who might enjoy what it is we're up to around here, please consider sharing. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.